Thanks for joining us for Life Vineyard Church. Greg, come on up. Greg is preaching today. Greg is uh, our, on our teaching team. Some of you may not know he was actually the interim pastor before Liz and I got here. Uh, and Thank you so, so much. <laughs> we're, just, we're just thankful for Greg and his teaching abilities. So take it away, Greg. Thank you so much. It's good to see you today on, I like calling it Grubby Sunday. I love Grubby Sunday. We should do Grubby Sunday every once in a while. We get to get ready to move and, and things like that. So as you have heard, we are excited that we are moving and there's all of these decision points that you have to have in moving. And so I want to play a little game here today as we start moving, and that is the what will stay, what will go, go. Go ahead, bring it up. What will stay and what will go, okay, yeah? Exciting game today. So the first thing, uh, go ahead and show the first item, the speakers. Ooh. So whenever you're moving, you start thinking, you know, these are kind of essentials if you want to hear Liz and Dan, you know, should the speakers stay or go? Go. Okay, the speakers shall go. Okay, let's go to the next one. The round tables. Ooh. Now, the round tables, does anyone know the history of the round? There are a few of us from old, 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 when the first, when the, the, the church first started. When the church first started, and we don't, we used to tell the story all the time. So there was a prayer meeting, and uh, I wasn't even at this prayer meeting, actually. There was a prayer meeting, and they were just, everyone was praying, you know, um, as far as, you know, we wanted to continue on a Bible study and didn't really have a place to meet for all the people that wanted to uh, be a part of that Bible study. And so during that prayer, I believe it was Kathy Vincent prayed, um, Lord, I just want round tables. So we want to find a free place with round tables. And it turns out <laughs> that um, they went, there was a gentleman here who had offered a place if we'd, we cleaned it up and we went in the back and there were 10 round tables there, you know. <laughs> so you start looking at these, you know, it's like, ah, should these stay or should they go, you know, or not? So we'll have to decide, are they staying or going? Go. go. Okay, so they'll go. So these have a little history. Now this next one, we probably have the wrong audience for it. Okay, let's go to the next picture. The hippo. Should the hippo stay or should the hippo go? Go. Oh, go, like, stay, go. It's got to go. Okay, so we need thanks for the kids' ministry. Now, I went, and I wasn't sure what the title of the hippo was, and so I went back today, and it's already gone. So it's packed somewhere. So anyways, but it's kind of funny we kind of go through that, you know, where we're kind of ending here, but we're beginning there. And it's quite appropriate that we're also beginning, even today, even though this is our last Sunday here, uh, we're actually beginning a new series that's called Empowered. And we're very excited about this series. The series is actually being done by uh, uh, many of the vineyards uh, have gotten together and have decided to go through this series together, um, which is the series that kind of leads us into Pentecost. Uh, in May, and it's really a series that we're going to focus uh, with the other vineyards uh, in our community and also in the other cities around, 
and what, he, what really the Holy Spirit does in our life as followers of Jesus Christ, revealing, healing, giving gifts, empowering gifts, leading to Pentecost Sunday. So we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit here for the next few weeks. And so I thought, you know, really to start this off, we should really start taking a look at, well, who is the Holy Spirit? I mean, it's, a, it's good to kind of start off with the who and what of things. So uh, in doing that, there's a, uh, there's a series that's called Alpha. How many people have been through Alpha, have heard of Alpha? Oh, that's awesome. Okay. We're considering whether to do Alpha, I think, in the fall. And it's uh, really a, a great time to answer people's questions about God. And as part of that series that has been put together, uh, there's this video that I like to show you, and it's kind of just going out in the community and asking what is, who is the Holy Spirit. So let's go ahead and play that video. Who is the Holy Spirit? I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, uh, it's... Uh... God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, all like a trinity. Angels? I don't know. It's, it's God. I think the Holy Spirit is different for everyone. Wouldn't that be your conscience? Huh, I have no, I don't really have a, a lot of, I don't know, I don't know who the Holy Spirit is. I mean, I don't know. Third person of the Trinity? Um, the Holy Spirit? I've never even really put much thought into that. Who is the Holy Spirit? Oops. <laughs> we can go on. So, so you can see there are many different responses in the community uh, to say, who is the Holy Spirit? And even if you look at uh, studies that have been conducted of people that believe, born-again Christians, that they would identify themselves as born-again Christians, um, it's interesting, there's a group that does statistical da data on really the intersection of culture and faith called the Barna Group, and in 2021, they asked that question, who is the Holy Spirit? And for those people that identified themselves as born-again Christians, there were 62% of them that believed that the Holy Spirit is not real, that is not a living being, but is merely a symbol of God's power, presence, or purity. And, you know, the other thing is sometimes whenever you talk about the Holy Spirit, when we introduce the Holy Spirit, you know, some people have this feeling that there's a remembrance of a time of hurt in their lives where, you know, there was an idea that the Holy Spirit, the only time you see the presence is if you're speaking in tongues, that's the only time, or or that it, it happens later in that you were treated as a second-class citizen in the kingdom of God because of that. Or, or that there's been an emotional abuse or so, some abuse of power that was credited to the Holy Spirit that has hurt you. And so a lot of us kind of come into these talks and we can have a little bit of baggage whenever we start to talk about the Holy Spirit. And, and it's so sad because the Holy Spirit is really the avenue of the life-changing work of Jesus Christ in our life, the, the powerful encounters and the, the things that go well beyond us that are done through the Holy Spirit. 
So let me just kind of be clear as far as in the group of churches that we are a part of in the vineyard, uh, really as how we approach the Holy Spirit and what the, the vineyard uh, believes about the Holy Spirit. And we are a part of this movement, a part of this church. And the first thing is that the Holy Spirit is a person, that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. That includes the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And those three co-equal, co-eternal persons, we believe, are in the one God. And that each of those persons have unique roles and responsibilities, but they all work together in harmony and in unity. Each person in the Trinity loves, adores, defers to, rejoices in the other other persons of that of the Godhead or of the Trinity. And we believe in the person, the power, the presence of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit hasn't stopped working today. And that we understand that all of us are on a journey. Some of us are on a journey where we don't quite understand the Holy Spirit. And that's okay. We're on this journey together. And that the, the level and comfortability of the Holy Spirit working on our lives, there's a vast dis- uh, difference here in the church that we have. And that's fine because we're on this journey. We, we're not on this arrival point, but we're on this journey with Jesus Christ. And the other thing is that the Holy Spirit has been active, you know, in the Old Testament and the New. If you go to the first chapter of Genesis, the Holy Spirit is there at creation. If you go to the last chapter in Revelation, the Holy Spirit is there inviting people to the kingdom of God to be refreshed by the living water. And in between the Genesis and Revelation, that the Holy Spirit has been active. You know, the first recorded instant of the Holy Spirit filling someone in the Bible is actually not in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, if you look, and it, it's, I, I love it because it kind of breaks the mold of what we think about the Holy Spirit, and that is that the first record of somebody being filled with the Holy Spirit is actually in the Old Testament, and it's surrounding the temple. Let, let's just look at this verse real quick. I think it'll really encourage you on some of the things the Holy Spirit does. It's in Exodus 31, verses 1 through 5. And it says this, Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Basil-el, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, understanding, in knowledge, in all kinds of craftsmanship to create artistic designs for work in gold and silver and bronze and in the cutting of stones for settings, and in the carving of woods, so that he may work in all kinds of craftsmanship. So they're building the temple, and and God says, you know what? I want some artists. I want some artists. I want some art people that are full of the Holy Spirit, that are taking a craft that I'm going to give them. 
And I don't know, we, we have several artists here, Scott and Jason and others um, that are, are just artists and the way they see things is just amazing as the Holy Spirit works through them in their craft and artistry. Um, also, we see that the Holy Spirit throughout the Old Testament is upon the leaders, upon the judges, upon the kings of Israel, upon the prophets. He testifies that Jesus is the Messiah in the temple through Simeon, full of the Holy Spirit, and proclaiming um, when the Holy Spirit is upon him that Christ is the one, that Christ is the Messiah. And Jesus Christ ministers in the power of the Holy Spirit, and he empowers the disciples to minister in the authority of Jesus Christ. And that promise that the Holy Spirit would come whenever Jesus leaves was given to the disciples and to everyone, and we will talk more about this in Acts chapter 2, that the promise of Joel was fulfilled, that... It shall, come a path, it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. So we see that this is for those people that have believed in Jesus Christ, that have put their faith in Jesus Christ, the promise of the Holy Spirit to come upon them. And we're given that. And we see it. I don't know. Sometimes I think I don't, I don't remember what it was like when I first trusted in Jesus Christ. And for some people, it's an event. For some people, it's kind of something that they walk into. But there's a time that you say, I've changed, right? There's a time that you feel that the Holy Spirit has done something in your life that has made you, I don't know, can I use my hillbilly term, a new critter, you know, <laughs> that you're a little different than you were before you encountered Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit was there calling, and that's why Jesus uses the term born again. Do you remember when Jesus used that term born again? We've, we've studied that before. It's actually when Jesus was on the earth and whenever he was ministering on the earth, he had this encounter with a guy. Do you remember the guy's name? What was his name? Nicodemus, that's right. He was, you know, a Pharisee. You know, the person that should know the, the law, the, you know, what we call the Old Testament, he should have known it. I mean, he should have known it. He, he was part of that system that, that was supposed to look and to, to know the law. And at night, this, this religious leader, this Pharisee, who is tender towards God, comes and asks Jesus some questions. You know, and Jesus says a couple times to Nicodemus that you must be born again. He says that in John chapter 3, verses uh, 3, and also in verse 7, that no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the Spirit. And sometimes you look at that, it's like, wow, I, you know, I kind of, with Nicodemus, it's like, you know, I've heard that, and I, I, I try to think back, what would it be like if someone said, born again, water and spirit, it's like, I don't know what that means, 
But you know what? Nicodemus was a teacher of the law. He knew the Old Testament. And do you know what? That is a prophecy from the Old Testament. That prophecy about being born again, about being cleansed with water and filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at this. It's in Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 25 through 27. And he says this, Ezekiel says this, I will sprinkle clean water upon you. You will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and to be careful to keep my laws. That's what he should have known. That's what Nicodemus shouldn't have questioned what being born again is. He should have said, yeah, that's right. I need to be cleansed. I need, I need to be cleansed. I need God to come and take this heart that's hard and, and to cleanse it and to make it tender. And I need the Holy Spirit. This is the moment. The Holy Spirit could be a part of me. That's what Nicodemus should have gone to. And so we see that whenever we come into relationship with Jesus, it's actually the Holy Spirit working in you. You know, sometimes we think, oh, I figured this out on my, you know, this Christianity stuff. On You know, the Holy Spirit's there revealing truth to you. And that's one of the things that he does. And, and what great news that from the beginning, the Holy Spirit is there. And, you know, it means that if you've said yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives inside you. If you've said yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is there present in you. Now, you know, that does not mean that you understand him. That doesn't mean that you don't have questions about the Holy Spirit or understanding how to listen to the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean that you're living with the total fullness of the Holy Spirit all the time, but he's there. And if you've said yes to Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit just waiting to be used in your life. And one of the things that, that we begin this series with, we'll look at different things about the Holy Spirit, but one of the key things is the Holy Spirit reveals. You know, what was it that, that drew you to Jesus Christ in the beginning of your walk with him? Do you see how the Holy Spirit was working there to reveal to you? It was kind of like, for me, it was like, you know, there is some assurance here that I have that is way beyond my understanding. And the Holy Spirit is there empowering that and revealing. And that's one of the things I want to really ask us to do as we kind of move on with our service and consider some things in this whole series is how the Holy Spirit reveals and let me just leave you with this one, uh, this one passage that really talks about the Holy Spirit, the revealer. It's in 1 Corinthians, which was a letter to a Corinthians church from Paul. It's 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 13. And it says this, But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. I 
just want to stop there. You know, you don't have to understand everything and have it all figured out to follow Jesus Christ. I don't know that anyone does. I mean, it because some of these things are beyond you. They're things that you have not seen, that you have not heard, that you haven't even imagined what God has in store for you. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, the verse says. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thought except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not a spirit of this world, but a spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. This is what I love about the revelatory work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows the mind of God. Think about that. The Holy Spirit knows the mind of God. The Holy Spirit lives in me and knows the real stuff about Greg. Probably the stuff that you don't know, right? And then the Holy Spirit reveals and says, this is what I have for you. This is what you need. You know, I think there's kind of two applications here. Um, as we think about the Holy Spirit as the revealer. The, the first is, there are some of you that are in confusion right now. I mean, confusion, you don't know what to do. A life decision, um, maybe even what to believe, and that there's a confusion that has come into your life, and you, like me, what I do, is I try to figure it out right? Figure I can get to a podcast, I can look at my Bible app that's incredibly strong, and I can just grind through and figure this thing out. You know what? That verse says, you know, some things we're not going to be able to do that with. But what would happen if I took a moment, I said, Holy Spirit, reveal to me. Holy Spirit, reveal to me what should I do here? I'm not looking for like a sign. I'm not looking for, you know, to, to figure it out and that this looks logical to me. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What should I do? I want to know that in my heart. I want to know that from relationship with you. Holy Spirit, what are you going to do? Reveal to me what should I do and give me the faith to do it because I don't have that faith sometimes on my own. And so that's one application we can have. Just go to the Holy Spirit and say, reveal. Reveal what's going on. The second thing, and this is kind of, you know, I started off, you know, thinking what should stay and what should go with us. You know, maybe that's something that the Holy Spirit needs to reveal to you today. You know, it'd be nice if you left this building fresh. You know, there's some stuff that just needs left here. You know, it does. I mean, there's no need to carry it on again. We just need to leave it, you know, and to go to something 
where we start a fresh start. That's why I like moving, you know, <laughs> I do, because it's like you get a new start, and take this move that we have with, with the church and just say, Holy Spirit, reveal, is there something I should just leave here that I've been worried about, that an angst against me, uh, a relationship that's harmed me, and my thought processes are always unkind, just leave that here, you know, and let's go move fresh when we move into the new place and when you move into a new relationship with God. Let's pray. Father God, um, I just invite you. I'm looking so forward to what you're doing. And Holy Spirit, there's an invitation that we give to you just to do more. Holy Spirit, do more in our lives. And I would ask, Holy Spirit, that you would be the revealer today. If there's someone that has not accepted you and just sees that uh, there's something inside them saying, I need to follow Jesus Christ. I haven't got this figured out. But the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today and revealing Jesus Christ in a different way to you. I pray that you would respond to that. Holy Spirit, just reveal those things that we should just leave here. You know, we don't need to drag baggage with us. I pray that you're the, the healer, the revealer, and that if there are people here that are drained of your mighty work in their lives, I pray they would be filled up today. Holy Spirit, fill us in a new way. And I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. At Life Vineyard Church, we want you to experience the life-changing presence of God. We'd love to have you join our community. We meet every Sunday in Muhammad, Illinois. To find out more, go to lifevineyard.org, lifevineyard.org. Oh, hey, you're still here. You're like one of my favorite people. The kind of person that like sticks around after church while everybody else has left. Like you're still one of the last ones talking. You're like the podcast version of that person. And while I have you here, uh, if you didn't know, this is Pastor Dan. Uh, while I have you here, I just want to say, hey, if you don't have a church home, we would love for you to come to life if you're in the central Illinois area. If you're listening to this outside of Central Illinois, go find a Vineyard Church. Vineyard Churches are amazing places. Go find one near you. And if you're not near a Vineyard Church, then uh, just find a church, a community of believers that you can be involved with, be in community with. I think we are our best spiritual selves when we are in community with other people who are following Jesus. That's what the church is for. So we hope to see you here. And if not here, Go find a community of believers that you can get involved with this week. All right. Thanks for listening. See you later.